Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. 2 Peter chapter 1. And I'm going to talk to you tonight for just a few moments about kingdom principles for daily living. And what that means is, what that means is there are principles of the kingdom that if we operate, if we operate kingdom, if we live in kingdom activity, we can have kingdom results. If we operate kingdom principles, we can reap kingdom benefits. If we operate God's systems and God's ways of doing things, then we, we can receive the promises of God in our life, right? There's a lot of people today, they like to read the promises of God. They like to get into the Word of God and they, like, and they read all of all, all these different promises and everything and they say yes, 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 yes. But they never look at the covenant part of that promise. And for every promise, there is a covenant activity that we have to be involved in. Many times it's just the confession of our mouth and the confession of the Word of God over our situation. But it's important for us to hold fast our confession of faith. And so that's what we're going to begin talking about uh, here tonight. And then we've got a couple of other things we're going to talk about. So Father, thank you for opening our spirits and opening our eyes and opening our understandings and our hearts to receive your Word. Father, touch me to be able to speak your Word with clarity Holy Spirit, teach through me in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to begin there in verse number 1 and go through at least verse number 4. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, now we could just stop right there. A servant and an apostle. There's a lot of people that like to carry the title, but they don't want to practice the work of it, Okay. The Bible calls him an apostle and a servant at the same time. Servant leadership is the most effective form of leadership, the most powerful form of leadership. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Verse number 2, I love this verse. Grace... God's ability to do in you and for you what you cannot do in yourselves or for yourselves and peace which is nothing missing or nothing broken be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. So what that basically says is the more we learn about God the more of, the more of God's abilities we have working in our life the more we have uh, of peace which is nothing missing and nothing broken. And then the Bible goes on, uh, it says, verse number 3, According as His divine power hath given unto us all things. Somebody say all. All. All things. All things that pertain unto life and godliness, once again, through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue or the ambience, the manifested presence of God, and the power of God. So we have been called to live in His manifested presence and we have been called to operate in His power. But all of that happens through the knowledge of God, getting to know Him. Then verse number 4, whereby, whereby, talking about the knowledge, that's how we're going to receive it, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers 
of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So what this scripture is telling us is that through the knowledge of God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been called to peace, we have been called to virtue, we have been called to glory. Through that knowledge, then we are given all of these exceeding great and precious promises. Now listen, that's why it's so important to live a life immersed in the Word. Now listen to me very closely. You can go to a shouting church and you can shout on Sundays and you can shout on Wednesdays. And when the storm hits on Monday and Thursday, you're not going to know what to do. But you can go to a Word church and you can get that face shot, you can get that Word shot, you can, you can get full of the Word of God. I mean, just walk out just full of the Word of God. You can walk out full of the Word of God and when the storm hits you on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it doesn't mean anything. The the enemy will come against you and he'll fight you and he'll try to defeat you and he'll try to destroy you but the enemy cannot conquer someone who has engorged themselves with the word of God. The knowledge of God's word. The knowledge of God's word which leads us to God's peace and to God's grace. And The Bible said that, that that would be multiplied unto us through the knowledge of him and that we have been called to glory and virtue. So the first thing that I want to talk to you about today, and the Bible does tell us here that we are supposed to hold fast to those promises. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, Hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. The first thing I want to tell you tonight is in our kingdom principles for daily living, we have got to keep ourselves full of the word of God. Full, full of the Word of God. I'm not talking about just hearing some little scripture here, hearing some little scripture there. I'm not talking about a worship song on your way to work or something. I'm talking about we've got to create an atmosphere around us that is saturated with the Word of God. You say, well, that's, I just don't have the time for that. Well, uh, you have time for reality TV. <laughs> One of my favorite shows is Moonshiner. I love to watch moonshiners. I don't know why I love to watch moonshiners. But I just love, I love the woods. I love the woods. And uh, I keep looking for some of Donna's relatives and the Kentucky folks, you know, on there. I mean, uh, uh, we, we know where Turtle Man came from. I mean, we, her relatives came up from, from in, and, and I love, but listen, I'm not going to take my time watching moonshiners. I'm not going to take, take my word time to watch moonshiners. See, it's very important for us, whatever we surround ourselves with, whatever we surround ourselves with is what gets inside of us because we become products of the environment in which we live. And we can create the environment that we live by immersing ourselves in the Word and confessing out the Word of God. You say, well, I can't, I can't play the radio at work. That's why David said, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. If you can't play the radio at work, there's nothing that says you can't mutter the words of God coming out of your mouth on a consistent basis. Just speak the word. Just speak the word. Speak the word. Meditate. That word meditate. Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 8 where God was speaking to Joshua and he said, meditate on 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 my word day and night. That word meditate means to mutter. And so you just speak out the Word of God. And so when things get tough and when things get difficult and when things get hard, just speak out the Word of God. 
Just kind of mutter it out there. But mutter out the Word of God and see what happens. So you've got to get yourself immersed in the Word of God because you come, become a product of the environment that you create. So we confess the Word of God over our life. We confess the Word of God over our circumstances. We don't confess what our circumstances are telling us to say. We confess what the Word of God says about our circumstances. James chapter 2 and verse number 5, the Bible says, Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? God has chosen us. First John chapter 5 and verse number 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Say that with me. Even our faith. Victory that overcomes the world is our faith. When the Bible said even our faith, that means we can take ownership of it, can't we? Not Dr. John's faith. Not BJ's faith. Not Jeff's faith. I better say a woman's name here. I don't know. Uh, not Ruth Ann or, or Rita's faith. It's, it's our faith. It's faith that belongs to me. It's the faith of God. It, 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 be, it belongs to me. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, I have faith. The faith of God lives in me. The faith of God resides. Come on, tell them. The faith of God lives in me. The, the, the faith of God resides in me. Come on, tell them. The faith of God. Come on, I'm a faith man. I'm a faith woman. Whatever. I'm a faith person. I'm a faith person. Woo. So the daily practice of that faith, the daily practice, you say, well, how do I practice faith? By speaking the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. When we speak the word of God constantly, we are practicing our faith. And when we speak out the logos, which is the written word of God, and it comes out of our mouth, it, it goes into the atmosphere. It gives God something to work with. The Holy Spirit attaches to it. And that which was written now becomes rhema, which is the God-breathed word of God. And somewhere between the time that came out of my mouth and into someone else's ears or comes back around into my ears, somewhere between there, the Holy Spirit recognizes that it's the word of God, attaches to it. It becomes the God-breathed word of God. And when it comes back into my ears, it ministers life. Because it's no longer just the written word. It is the God-breathed word of God. How do I do that? You open your mouth and speak the word. You speak the word. This is not rocket science. This is not rocket science. This is not difficult. Listen, I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to be smart, Alec, or anything like that. But this is not rocket science. This is not difficult. It's not hard. He made it as easy as he possibly could for us to operate faith. My goodness, not only did he tell us to speak it, but he wrote down what we're supposed to speak. And so now what we do is we get into the Word of God and we find out what the Word of God says about our situation. Then we just start speaking it out. And your spirit says, yes, amen. And as soon as your spirit says, yes, amen, then God's spirit says, yes, amen. And what amen means is so be it. And so when we speak out the word of God over our situation in heaven, God hollers, so be it. And if God hollers, so be it, then it is. So the daily practice of faith will produce a very different result 
than the daily practice of the world system and the world's ways of doing things. So number one, hold fast the confession of your faith. In the kingdom principles for daily living, immerse yourself in the word, speak the word of God over your situation, give God something to work with, allow the written word of God to get into the atmosphere so God can breathe on it when it comes back in you. It is the God-breathed rhema word of God and that in itself will minister life to you. Second thing is don't let the acquisition of things drive your life. I said, don't let the acquisition of things drive your life. We have the promise that God will give us whatever we need. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto us. And so if we go after the things, chances are the things are going to become our God and we probably won't get them. But if we go after God, then the things that our natural person would naturally go after will just be added to us. Because our heart and our passion is for God and it's for the things of God. It's for God's system and it's for God's ways of doing things. Some people say, well, I've heard you teach that, Pastor, and I've heard you preach it and I've tried it and it doesn't work for me. Well, then you haven't tried it. What do you mean by that? You haven't been consistent with it. You have to be consistent with it. You don't take a nail and put it in, in, a, in, in a piece of wood right here and hit it one time with a hammer. Unless you're Samson, that nails, it's, you're going to have to hit it more than once before it finally goes in and sets into that other piece of, of wood. And that's what happens to a lot of people. They'll take the nail of the Word of God, they'll put it there and they'll hit it one time and they'll say, that didn't work. And they'll just walk away. What God wants you to do is He wants you to keep hitting that nail with the confession of your mouth, with the confession of the Word of God. Just keep hitting the nail. Just hit the nail, hit the nail, hit the nail. And before long, it seats and you get what uh, you were believing God for. So don't let the acquisition of things drive your life. Keep God in the center of your life and listen to this. I wrote this down. (laughs) Keep God in the center of your life and the good life will just materialize around you. It'll just happen. It'll just happen. It'll just materialize around you. Now, we can't afford to be conformed to the world. Otherwise, our focus will get turned into what we don't have rather than on God who wants to pour into our life the promises of God. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 7, God's standards are different than our standards. 1 Timothy 6 and 7, for we brought nothing into this world and the Bible says it's certain we'll carry nothing out. So the acquisition of things is wonderful and it's great. But when I make my life about those things, those things are just going to come and eventually... They're going to pass away. They're they're going to just break down and be nothing. They're going to go back into the earth. They're going to be absolutely nothing. So we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we'll carry nothing out. Hebrews 11, 13, the Bible says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims upon the earth. So don't let your life be about the acquisition of things, but 
also understand that when you go after God, then the Bible said all these things shall be added unto you. So it's not about getting things. It's about being in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Number three, the third thing. I have four things I'm sharing with you tonight. The third thing uh, on these kingdom principles for daily living, the, the third thing is become so dedicated to God that His will and His purpose for your life becomes your primary focus in life. <laughs> Listen, some people say, well, if I give my life to God, then I just can't do what I want to do. If you really give your life to God, you'll do everything you want to do because your want will be what God wants. Your desire will be what God wants. Listen, this is not what someone else thinks you should do, but, but what does God desire of you? What does God desire of me? Uh, I'll give you a personal example. When I was a kid, my, uh, actually when my mother was a child, when she was seven years old, her mother died. So I grew up not knowing my grandmother. And she died of stomach cancer. And so I started saying when I was real little that I was going to grow up and be a doctor and I was going to figure out how to beat cancer because I wanted to be around my grandmother. I wanted to know who she was. You know, I'd never met her. And so as time goes on, the Lord called me to the ministry at a very young age. I preached my first message when I was eight years old. I said, I'm not spending my life preaching, but I'll do this. At 11 years old, I received a definitive call. I mean, God knocked me right down, and for two hours, I was between the, the pulpit and the altar there at the Bible Holiness Assemblies of God Church in Neosho, Missouri. The Lord just knocked me down, and for two hours, God spoke to me. Two times in my life, God spoke to me audibly. That was one of them. And He spoke to me that He would use me to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ all around the world. I didn't understand it then. I do now. We're actually doing that now. Hallelujah. It took 40 years, but we're doing it now. We're doing it now. But the Lord spoke that to me. I got up from there. I actually, that night, I told the Lord, I said, God, I can't do it. I can't do it. And and the reason was because I stuttered real bad. Believe it or not, I stuttered really bad. Sometimes I get my tang all tangled up right now. (laughs) I did that on purpose. But sometimes I do now. But it's nothing like it was. I stuttered really bad. And I told the Lord, I said, I can't even speak. I was like, Moses, God, I can't even speak. And um, if you want me to minister your words, you'd have to heal me. But I really don't want to do that. I want to go find a cure for cancer. So about two weeks later, two or three weeks later, I was playing football. And I was running. And I got hit from both sides. I went up in the air. And when I came down, I hit both ankles and both of them curled underneath me and I sprained both ankles at the same time and I was laid up in the, on the couch at the house. And I loved God fiercely, but I just didn't want to be a preacher. And I loved Him fiercely. And I laid there over the next few weeks and I was talking to the Lord and I just drew close to the Lord and my love for Him got so strong I told God, I said, I'll do anything you ask me to do. He said, I want you to preach my word. I said, God, I need a cure for cancer. It was, it was, I was about 19 years old, about 19 years old, 19 or 20 years old. I was up in the northwest area, uh, up in Limestone Siding, New Brunswick, Canada, which is like up above Maine, up in that area. So the northwest part of our country, and I was going back and forth from across the border, ministering some in Maine and some in Limestone Siding, New Brunswick, Canada. And I prayed for a lady who had cancer up there. 
and God healed her. And on the way back to the pastor's house that night, I heard the Lord speak to me and he said, you found the cure for cancer. You see, you see, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. There are, you can ask Donna, there are a lot of people that we have prayed for that's had cancer that God has healed. Even right in this church, even right here, with standing right here where I'm standing with doctor verified reports, this is where the cancer was, this is where it's not now. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, God's ways are not always your ways and His thoughts are not always your thoughts. And many times people will try to lead you down a particular path and they'll say, well, I think this is what you ought to do with your life. And they have all the best intentions for you. They, they love you. They want the very best for you. And the list can just go on and on and on. But what we have to do is we have to say, God, my life belongs to you. And whatever you want to do with my life, Lord... I'll do it. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll be what you want me to be. I'll do what you want me to do. Lord, I belong to you. So in our kingdom principles for daily living, we need to get so dedicated to God's will and God's purpose for our life that it becomes the primary focus of our life. It's the only way we'll live a fulfilled life. James chapter 4 verses 13 through 15 says this, Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It's a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 17. And the world passeth away and the less lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Right now I want you just to raise your hands toward heaven all over this place. Come on. Say, Lord, I give my life to you. The rest of it. God, whatever you want with the rest of my life. God, I give it to you. Come on, pray. Lord, I give you the rest of my life. I'll be who you want me to be, God. I'll say what you want me to say. God, I'll do what you want me to do. Total surrender. Total surrender. There was a term when we were growing up in church. And we'd be sitting around and we would be talking and we'd be praying. Sometimes we'd have prayer meetings. I mean, we came to church. We didn't stand around and talk like we do here, you know, now. I mean, that's kind of the culture now. But when we came to church when I was growing up, we would come in the back and head down the aisle and we didn't talk to hardly anyone until we had spent some time talking to the Lord in the altar. I mean, we came to church, that's what we did. Before we got up and talked to anyone, we came in the back door, we walked down the aisle, we knelt down at the altar and most of the time we were there till church time praying and crying out to God. Re just, just preparing to receive from the Lord. That's why I love to go to the Spanish churches when I travel the state and I minister in our multicultural ministries because they still have that. They, I mean, you walk into the back of a Spanish church, if it's 20 minutes before church, you can hear the roar of prayer coming from the front of the sanctuary. I just, I, I stand back there and cry sometimes. I think, God, where has this went? Oh, God. And I'll tell you what it is. It's our pride. We're all afraid of what people's going to think about us if they see us get real with God. 
You know, we're, we're afraid of, of, of what's going on. I, I don't know why we're afraid of that but, that, but that's what we used to do. So we would stand around and we would talk and we would use terms like, oh, that person, they're, they're sold out to God. How many of you remember, ever heard that? Sold out. They're sold out. They're, they're completely sold out to God. Some people would say, I'm going to get up there on the altar and we're going to pray. And that person, they prayed until you could hear the prayer bells of heaven just ringing around them. How many of you ever heard that? In fact, they wrote a song about it. It's the Redback Hymnal. Prayer bells of heaven, oh, how sweetly they ring, you know, like that. And, and so we would say things like that. Well, that terminology is almost gone out of the church today. When you talk about total surrender, people say surrender from what? Why would I surrender to what? Surrender to who? Listen, we've got to be totally surrendered to God. We've got to be totally sold out to God. We've got to want to serve God more than we want to sleep. We've got to serve God more than we want to eat. We've got to serve God more than we want to do anything else. If we're going to see revival, if we're going to see the move of God, if we're going to get what we're, what we're going after God for, we're going to have to be completely and totally sold out to the Lord. You'll stay up half the night to watch Jimmy Fallon on television, but don't you go past 8.30 or 9 o'clock, Pastor. Come on, don't shout me down while I'm preaching good. I feel a little frisky tonight. Don't, don't be shouting me down while I'm preaching good. So we're out. And, and, and I hear, well, you know what? The kids got to get up and go to school in the morning. We got to go to work in the morning. And you go home and you're up till midnight anyway. Hallelujah. We got to become dedicated to God dedicated to him to the point where it doesn't matter, God, I'd rather be in your presence than anywhere. I want to worship you, God. I want to serve you. I want to magnify you. I want to glow. God, I want you to use me, Lord. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. And let me tell you something. The only person that God can use is someone who is totally surrendered to him. Sold out. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, sold out. Sold out to the Lord. Then the last thing I want to talk to you about here tonight is this. Because I need to get you out of here by 8.30 so you can go home. The last thing. Kingdom principles for daily living. The last thing is this. Remain faithful to God and His word no matter what. No matter. No matter what people say, no matter what they do, no matter whether they understand, no matter whether they don't, no matter whether they criticize, no matter what, no matter whether they pick you up. Because see, here's what's happened. The Bible said a man's foes are those of his own household. And the enemy will fight you from the midst of your family before he'll fight you anywhere, from anywhere. In fact, the Bible said that when Jesus went into, I think it was Nazareth, I think, I think that's where it was. The Bible said that he could do no great work there. You know why? Because when he walked in and started working miracles, they started talking among themselves, saying, well, isn't this just the carpenter's son from Nazareth? And so Jesus couldn't... In fact, there was one city where Jesus went and they had watched him grow up and to him, he was just Jesus. Like, I'm just Johnny when I go home. He was just Jesus. Okay, so the Bible said that he prayed for a man that was blind and the Bible said he cried out, he said, I see men as trees walking. And Jesus had to take that man 
outside of the gates of the city and pray for him again and then he was healed. Not everybody's going to believe in the anointing that God has placed on your life. Not every, you know why? Because they're going to remember when and they're going to judge you by your history. God never judges us by our history. No, no, no. He looks at us and looks for the blood. When he sees the blood of Jesus Christ applied to our heart and our life, then what he does is he just, he just says, okay, everything's been settled, redeemed, justified, set free, and, and he's made righteous. There you are, there you are. I'm just made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and that's what he sees. And so, so even though your friends and even though especially your family and even though those that are around you, they may not endorse you and they may not believe. Listen, don't you ever let your family stop you or hold you back from the anointing that God is trying to put not only on your life but flow through your life. It doesn't matter what they say. Remain faithful to God and His Word no matter what. The Bible said that a prophet is without honor in his own country and among his own countrymen. 2 Peter 1 Beginning in verse number 10. Therefore, we're in that back to the same chapter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 10. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Now I'm going to ask you a very simple question. Is that the word? Come on. Is that the word? That's what the word said, isn't it? Did you know that <laughs> did you know that looking at this passage of scripture, we have a promise of never failing. The calling that God has placed upon your life, that which God has elected you to do, the calling that God has placed upon your life, the Bible said that if we are diligent to make it sure, if we do, you know, grow in the knowledge of God and all of these things, all of the things that precede that, if we do that, then the Bible said, you shall never fall. And then verse number 11, for so... In other words, the acquisition of this knowledge has made it possible for you for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So I have an entrance that has been ministered to me through the knowledge that I've acquired of God and Jesus and His Word. I have an interest entrance that has been given to me and ministered to me into God's system and God's ways of doing things and according to this word when I do it I will not fail now let me say this every marriage has a 100% chance of success when you do it God's way. It's when we don't do it God's way that there's problems. Right? Just like that. I had to give you that as an example. Just like that. Any area of your life. 
when we do it God's way, we succeed. If we're failing, it's not God's fault. I said if we're failing, it's not God's fault. If you go bankrupt, it's not God's fault. If you die of disease, it's not God's fault. It's not God's fault. Don't ever blame something on God that the enemy enemy has put on you. And there's a lot of people, they do that, and that's what the enemy wants them to do. The enemy wants them to do that. But when we do it God's way, we have a 100% chance of success. One more scripture, Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 10. Now we're talking about remaining faithful to God in His Word no matter what happens. Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep you from the hour of temptation which shall come upon the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. We have a keeping promise from God. I said, we have a keeping promise from God. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, you're a keeper. That's what God thinks about you. That's what God thinks about you. That's what God thinks about me. God thinks we're keepers. You know what? I think he's a keeper too. So I think I'm going to keep him. And I think I'm going to let him keep me. Amen. What about it? Amen. All right. Let's go over them real quick like, all right? Let's go over them real quick. Kingdom principles for daily living. Number one, we have to hold fast our confession. We have to stay immersed in the word of God. We have to speak out the word of God. We have a responsibility for our atmosphere. Number two, we can't let the acquisition of things drive our life. Number three, we need to become so dedicated to God and His will and His purpose for our life that it becomes our primary focus no matter whether people uh, believe it or not or see it or not or understand it or not. It doesn't matter. My focus, I'm seeking Him. Whatever He, you know what? That's who I'm trying to please. That's who I'm trying to please. And then number four, we, we remain faithful to God and to His Word no matter what? Years ago we would preach it like this, let the lightning flash and let the thunder roll and you know, ha! That's how we would preach it. No matter what, we're going to remain faithful to the Lord. Amen. Let's all stand. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at wwwsuncoast 4 and that's the number four, Jesus, TV. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.